it's that time again. It's a Wednesday. You know what that means. It's time now for Supernatural News and Parashare. Let's jump into it. We need a co-host. We bring in the co-host with the most BCB, the big cuddly bear himself, Beer City Bruiser. Bruiser, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be back. All the power issues are taken care of. No, now North Carolina is a state of emergency because of the weather, so... <laughs> can't, can't win you know but i'll take this over snow any day it's funny because uh, sorry i'm just uh, digging for uh, a beverage as we talk um it's funny that uh y- it was uh it wasn't like you guys got four inches of snow down no. there no 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 uh not even two inches of snow uh it's zero inches of snow it's rain y- it was it was rain yeah it was rain that took out your electrical uh yep. the day that we were scheduled to get together and uh and basically uh, do the show. So, yeah. yeah. It's rain. It's all it is. They freak out. <laughs> Good old North Carolina. So, yep. Th- that's okay, though. We're glad to have you back. That's all I I'm glad to be back, and I'm excited to see what you got for me today. Yeah. So, uh, we want to thank Jessica, first of all, for filling in last week. And we are on our way. Uh, we have an alien invasion in Miami, or was it? Uh, spoiler alert. Was it an invasion or an invocation? <laughs> uh, well, it might have been a little of nothing. Uh, we'll talk about that, of course. Everybody wanted to uh, weigh in on that this past week. Uh, meanwhile, the government has some fun little stuff for us uh, coming up in the next year. We'll talk about that as well, including another meeting next week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Uh, the topic of aliens is not off the table. Uh, we'll also talk about some other things in the paranormal that are going on, including a skeptic group that's offering $500,000 for proof of paranormal abilities. And it is not the Randy Foundation. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's we coming got a up. a new player in the game. That's right. That's coming up later in the program. And of course, Ziggy's Picks, the final game of the regular season. Yeah. Which is, again, a weird, weird week. That's for sure. A lot of teams chose to play their regulars. Some of them chose to sit, which threw off the schedule completely. We'll talk about that later in the program. But first, alien invasion in Miami. (laughs) Or or was it? Uh, I'm going to go with or was it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, as much as as everybody said, hey, Tim, check this out. Aliens walking around in Miami. As as quickly as people sent the story to me, I said, come on, guys. They've already debunked this. (laughs) And they're like, "Ah, I know, but it's a fun story. It's the retirement community, everybody. Yeah. Police swarmed a Miami mall after terrified customers claimed they saw eight-foot-tall alien shadow creatures. (laughs) The video on this is even horrible, and and you can look at it, Bruiser, and go, "Those aren't those aren't alien creatures. Those are people walking side by side to each other." <laughs> so it's just an optic illusion. It is. Uh, teenagers brawling at a mall in Miami managed to spark rumors of huge shadowy alien beings being seen. At least that's with the grainy. Why in this day and age should we still have grainy video being shot from above? I don't know because the new the new iPhones you can record movies on. In fact, in Hollywood they've recorded movies on the iPhones. How can we not get a clear picture of something paranormal? I don't know. This was shot from a helicopter above, and 
it was horrible. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was the worst footage I think I've seen in, uh, since the 90s. Uh, cops swarmed the area in a bid to get the situation under control, but rumors abounded around X, formerly Twitter, and other social media platforms that the police weren't there to handle the rioting teens, but rather eight to ten feet tall shadow aliens. Oh, of course, all you had to do was listen to a scanner to figure out why they were there. Uh, officials say that officers were there to deal with a group of about 50 teenagers at Bayside Marketplace Mall in the city. The young miscreants, I love the fact that they use that word, are said to have run through the corridors, shooting off fireworks, damaging stores, and starting fights. But the conspiracy theorists took off after an aerial video of the incident taken from outside the mall, showing dozens of police cars sitting outside the venue with sirens blaring. Uh, some people estimated that there were as many as 60 police cars at one time. According to an amateur video posted online, there are moments when a big creature could be seen in plain sight standing in front of the entrance to the shopping mall, causing many online conspiracies to post their takes on what exactly happened. A TikTok user called Auntie Colette, or Coulette, at Auntie Coulette, uh, went viral, citing multiple witnesses who claimed to have seen creatures who stood 8 to 10 feet tall walking outside and inside the mall. And another user at Sosa.Pippin in a now-deleted video said he heard gunshots and then saw a, quote, big-ass shadow. <laughs> but that was also solid, disappearing and reappearing while getting closer. And there were plenty memes to go around, too, with one ex-user posting, I don't know if the rumors about aliens at the Miami Mall are real, but I do know I never seen this many police in one place. Well, another said everyone have cell phones, but nobody have an up-close video of the 8 to 10 foot alien by the Miami Mall. I know someone have a problem with English. Yes, that's what that sounds like. Yeah. According to a CBS News Miami officer, Michael Vega, he uh, reiterated the circumstances regarding the altercation between 50 juveniles, adding, there were no aliens, UFOs, or ET, no airports were closed, no power outages, uh, followed by a facepalm emoji. <laughs> that was put online. And the president of Miami's Downtown Neighbors Alliance, James Torres, said the massive police response was because a resident mistook the fireworks as gunshots and reported an active shooter. So, no aliens, folks. No aliens. This kid's getting into a fight, and I bet you this was some sort of way of someone involved in the fight to try to throw everyone off. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure it was a way to get uh, kids to scatter was all it was. Yeah, 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 the police showed up. There was no eight-foot-tall people. <laughs> no, 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 no. Now for some UFO and alien news that actually is news. Okay. And this has to do with a secret UFO meeting, which is prompting speculation over what the government is hiding. Oh, okay. You know, we kind of got uh, jiggy-jacked around last year. Yeah, we did. With the whole government thing and, and what they were actually wanting to talk about if they were wanting to talk about anything at all you know a lot of people thought that it was just uh glad handing or just a little bit of uh service uh, that's uh, it sounded like they were just doing the meetings just to appease the public because when they talk them in the meetings there's really nothing covered no no uh, members of the house oversight committee will be given a classified briefing on unidentified anomalous phenomena do 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 do, do. the new name for <laughs> ufos in the Office of House Security on Friday, January 12th. 
interest in UAP at a government level soared last year, of course, after David Grush came forward. That's the former intelligence officer turned whistleblower, alleging the government had evidence of intact and partially intact alien vehicles. That bombshell led to a full congressional hearing on the subject in which Mr. Grush and two other witnesses gave testimony under oath regarding their experiences with UAP. Retired Navy pilot Ryan Graves said that UFOs are an open secret among fighter pilots and shared a third-party account of jets having to avoid a dark gray cube inside a clear sphere, which stood motionless against the wind. Former Navy Commander David Fravor shared his memory of the famous Tic Tac UFO, a small white object that buzzed past military aircraft before apparently being picked up by radar 60 miles away seconds later. According to his original claims, Mr. Grush said that people have been harmed or injured in an effort to cover up information about the recovered craft. In November, a Freedom of Information request revealed that a Ryan Air airplane came within 20 meters of a UFO while taking off from Stansted uh, Airport in Essex, England. The plane, which was traveling at 230 miles an hour, passed the black object that it had seen at 4,000 feet. And last month, the UK's leading UFO expert, Nick Pope, revealed that fears that demonic forces are behind UAP had previously obstructed government investigations into the phenomenon. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. That, that's very interesting. So some of this stuff is actually about to potentially come out. Do you think, though? I mean, first of all, do you think David will be there on these meetings? Oh, David Grush? Uh, mm, 50-50 shot. Yeah. And do you think they're going to give us more information or do you think it's going to be more noise? Uh, it might be noise. It says here that uh, Tennessee Congressman Tim Burchett has been vocal in demanding the government reveal everything it knows about UAP. And it's he's leading this bipartisan group of the Oversight Committee members. So he may be the one who's going to push to go further. Right. I wouldn't get my hopes up. I wouldn't either. I think they discuss, obviously, what's already in the now with the plane taking off the cube inside the sphere, but I don't think they bust out anything new. I don't think there's any oh wow evidence. I think it's going to be stuff that's already been reported on. Now, there is a UAP Disclosure Act that supposedly was being pushed through Congress. Yeah, but uh, how do we know what's true and what's not? You know what I mean? Like, they keep that so close to the vest just because there's an act that they have to share it. You know what I mean? Right. Look, I mean, with the Freedom of Information Act, there's still hurdles you have to go true. through to get that information. Very true. You know what I mean? Very true. That disclosure act would allow the government to seize any and all recovered technologies of unknown origin and biological evidence of non-human intelligence that may be controlled by private persons or entities. There are opponents to it. Uh, they... Um, of course, are on the other side. They're on the defense side of things, including Lockheed Martin and others. Mm. Um, they're concerned that they'd be turning over valuable technology. Right. Which, which is understandable. I get that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with these meetings uh, on the 12th, if they're the start of something new or if it's the same old stuff. I'm curious. I really am. I hope, I hope we get some new stuff. And, and we can move forward with it, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll, of course, report to you on what exactly happens on the 12th there. 
Meanwhile, DARPA's wild X-65 crane aircraft aims for the first flight in summer of 2025. Ooh, okay. Yeah, there's new technology being unveiled, and it may have some weird consequences. DARPA and Aurora's flight sciences have began building the first full-scale X-65 aircraft to demonstrate a new method of flight control that uses no external moving parts. Really? Mm-hmm. See, now this is where I think we've reversed engineered technology. Mm-hmm. The X-65 is an experimental jet being developed by the Control of Revolutionary Aircraft with Novel Effectors or Crane Program overseen by DARPA, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, the Pentagon's Research and Development Agency. Since the first aircraft were invented, they have been controlled by moving surfaces such as rudders, flaps, elevators, and ailerons. The crane program aims to do away with these entirely and develop an aircraft controlled fully by jets of pressurized air that alter how the surrounding air flows around the aircraft while in flight. I find that incredibly fascinating. I do too. That's amazing technology. It is. It is. However, in order to minimize risk, which you would think there's risk about just airflow around the, an airflow being generated throughout the aircraft yeah. and around the aircraft, the first X-65 demonstrator will feature both conventional moving control surfaces and what are known as an active flow actuator which is the jets of pressurized air. The X-65 conventional surfaces are like training wheels to help us understand how AFC can be used in place of traditional flaps and rudders. Richard Welzine, who is the uh, program manager for Crane, said in a DARPA statement, we'll have sensors in place to monitor how the AFC effectors performance compares with traditional control mechanisms and these data will help us better understand how afc could revolutionize both military and commercial craft the x-65 will feature a 30-foot wingspan and weighs 7,000 pounds making roughly the size of the t-38 trainer aircraft used by nasa astronauts in the u.s military it will be able to reach speeds of up to mach 0.7 which DARPA says will make the flight test results immediately relevant to real-world aircraft design. Yeah, that's pretty fast for an aircraft. Isn't now, are it? they using? This almost sounds like using the same type of technology as like a hang glider. I kind of, yeah. With the airflow, yeah. That's what that's what I'm getting out of it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting stuff, and it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder. I mean, is it human? Human? ingenuity or like you said is it reverse engineering i think there's some reverse engineering going on <laughs> i think there's definitely some interesting stuff going on there that's for sure um, we'll see what it looks like because you know they're going to take some some design from whatever they reverse engineered it from yeah most definitely okay bruiser so before we go to break here there's a movie out there that a lot of people have been talking about that's on netflix Okay. And I myself have not checked it out yet. I've been wanting to. I, and I, I have friends screaming at me, Tim, have you checked this movie out? And I, I kick myself for not having doing it. It talks about the day that the internet has taken over. Okay. And they're like, this is right in your wheelhouse. I don't know why you haven't seen this movie. Talking about planes dropping out of the sky, your phone being rendered useless, just like your car. A Netflix film is portraying a nightmare that security experts are insisting is a very real prospect. 
Really? That this okay. can happen at any time. And it's like these filmmakers have basically popped into our worst nightmares and they put it on the screen. No, oh, great. And they're asking, how will you survive on the day an enemy state switches off the internet? Okay. Okay. And everything, everything's attached to the internet nowadays. You flip the switch to off, you could ruin a lot of not just lives, but businesses and careers and all that. Yeah. And this is actually a movie that I think it was President Obama is behind the uh, production of. Really? Okay, so he if, got into producing. If he's not, if he's not behind the production of it, he's behind the actual. Uh, he's behind the actual push of this movie. I've heard that right. much. It may even be the Obama production company. I'm not sure, but the movie is "Leave the World Behind." Have you heard of this movie? I've heard of this movie. I've not watched it yet. I've seen. I've seen the trailers for it. And it's actually on my list to watch. It stars Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke as a couple battling societal breakdown when the technology that underpins civilization collapses. Things like an oil tanker plowing into a tourist beach, planes falling out of the sky, driverless cars running amok, the internet fails, and the mobile network dies. It yeah. sounds like scary stuff, man. It does. And I've seen I've seen the trailer. The trailer doesn't give you well, not the trailer, whatever you know how you go on to Netflix and it shows you a little a little clip. Yeah. Doesn't explain much, but it intrigued me enough where I'm like, okay, I'm putting this on the list. But now hearing what really goes into it, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. definitely watching it this weekend. No, it's completely a fictional movie, but it touches on deep-seated real life fears. The film is produced by Michelle and Barack Obama's company Higher Ground. The ex-president was closely involved with shaping the plot, which dramatizes many of the cybersecurity issues, uh, which he was briefed on during his eight years in the White House. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's that for a nightmare? That is terrifying that yeah. somebody that knows that stuff is producing it. Yeah. For our 21st century lives are almost entirely dependent on complex technologies that many of us don't understand, and that can so easily be exploited by our enemies. We don't think about this stuff when we go to bed, Bruiser, but mm, it's out there. Yeah, we need to think about it. Like I said, if somebody flips the switch to off on the internet, everything goes down. Now think about this for a second. Maintaining a car, for example, was previously a job for any competent motorist or their local mechanic. Now our vehicles are computers on wheels. Their inner workings a mystery. I know you know that. Oh God, yeah. Right. <laughs> I've been trying self-drive kill cars have tried to kill me a couple times. Okay. Now, we used to navigate maps and landmarks. How common is it for you to use your car's GPS or to use the GPS on your phone, plug it into your car, and get to where you're going? I have. See, now I have paper maps of an atlas in my car, but I never use it. Ethan Hawke's character, Clay Sanford, is unable to even find his way to the nearby town by using his GPS in the movie. <laughs> because he's so used to using it in his car. Yeah. Our telephone system used to run on sturdy copper wires with handsets you could fix with a screwdriver. Now it's a branch of cyberspace. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Your car, when you, when it breaks down, they have to hook it up to a computer. Yeah. So to his finance, here's the thing that's scary folks. Remember when a credit cards in boss number, left an imprint or a paper slip not anymore your payment system is dependent wholly on electronic encryption what use is cash in the modern world in the film with the internet gone it becomes a prized asset yeah everything is connected yeah like my son was just talking the other day uh, about how when he was a kid he remembers us having a change jar 
you know, you get home from the store, you throw your change in there, and after a while, you go someplace as a family. That's not existing anymore because we don't use cash. A lot of people don't. I still carry a little bit of cash on me in case I need it. Okay. Yeah. And I suggest to people you carry just a little bit in case you need it because you never yeah. know. You never know. If the technologies we rely on break down, many of us will be as helpless as Ethan Hawke's character, Clay Sanford, in the movie. He screams, I'm a useless man, as the crutch of technology <laughs> is kicked out from underneath him. If you haven't seen the movie yet on Netflix, I encourage you to check it out this weekend if you get a chance. Uh, again, it's it, the movie, and I, I've had friends who have seen it and they love it. They absolutely love this movie because it's easy to buy into the the fantasy of it, but it's it's very realistic, folks. I, I mean, we don't we don't mean to be doom and gloom on the show, and it's not it's not a doom and gloom thing. It's very realistic. This stuff could very much well happen, especially if a foreign enemy decided, and this is the next wave of terrorism. If you, I agree. If you think it isn't, you're, you're mistaken. It's electrical grid, it's internet, and it's your water systems. Yeah, oh, I agree 100%. And that's where the war will take place. The movie is called Leave the World Behind. It's available right now on Netflix. Yeah, I, I 100% believe that the next level, the next war, will do everything that you just said. It won't be soldiers fighting in a field. I mean, nope. right right now we do have we do have enemies of our state that are fighting conventional wars, but it's only a matter of time before the next level of terrorism goes directly for our cyber systems and for our ecosystems. And and, and an example of that is look at how many bots there are just out there that are annoying. I mean, in our chat room, you're yeah, you're leading bots room. left and right. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> but you heard about what happened to Jeff Bezos, right? The yeah. Saudi Arabia prince sent him a link, said, hey, click on this. And he clicked on it. And the Saudi Arabia prince was able to take over his iPhone. And then offered him a million dollars if he just click on it again. <laughs> it's one of these. I got to give you one of these. See? But he was um, one of the most richest men in the world whose phone got hacked. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. that's the next like you said, that is the next war. That is. That's that's definitely the next war. So that uh, and it's it's scary. It's 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 very scary, folks. And and we've made ourselves open to it. And in in order to grow technology, in order to make life easier, we've made life easier to be stolen from. Agreed. Yep. So and that's that's our own fault. And and we we got lazy on the job. That's what it is. We got lazy on the job. We made it easier for criminals to steal from us. That's, yeah, and because we're lazy, no wars are lazy. <laughs> that's right. Now our wars are lazy. Let's take a break. When we come back, a skeptic group is offering $500,000 for proof of the paranormal. Um, by the way, I saved a story for you for Nightmare Fuel when we come back from oh, the break, Bruiser. Great. It is one that will absolutely chill you. It's from a few weeks ago, but... I had to hold it over uh, for Bruiser, especially because I want to get his fighting stance when we come back when it comes to robots. Um, we've also got some interesting stories at the uh, at the back end of the show here, uh, having to do with some paranormal stuff, including um, a story about a lost ancient realm that was populated by millions of people. It's not Atlantis. It's at the bottom of the ocean right now. Okay. Yeah. So there are people at the bottom of the ocean, and it's not people on the Titanic. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk what about, about the that. sub that went to go see him. No, 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 no. Oh, come on now, Bruiser. Too soon, too, too soon, soon, too soon. soon. Um, 
And we've got uh, we've got the story of a civilization or a ghost town that was allegedly abandoned because of a killer Bigfoot. Ooh, yeah, we're bringing it today, buddy. Just saying, we're bringing it today. So when we come back, more of supernatural news and parashare. When we come back here on the best in paranormal podcasting, this is Darkness Radio. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. I'm your host. I'm the cruiser of the bruiser. It's a supernatural news Wednesday. We bring it in blocks. We got my imposter. We got Vern Hurler. We've got the Rolling Stones. And of course, we've got. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. You thought you were getting away from it today, didn't you? <laughs> no, I knew it was coming. Uh huh. Oh no, my friend. I, uh, I'm going to start slow today. I'm going to attack your belly first. Oh, great. <laughs> my, fa- my favorite thing. <laughs> uh, I got to thank our, our listeners for this. The world's first AI powered restaurant is now open in California. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so now you have to worry about what they're serving you for dinner. Oh, I'm just not going there. Oh, come on. Doesn't it make you curious? Nope, not at all. Not after everything that we've heard about mustard gas and and racism and all that. No, I'm not doing that. 
but you're white. You're safe. You can go in and eat a, eat a I don't meal. care. I'm going to support my brothers and sisters out there. I'm not going. That's true. Yeah, you got to you gotta give the living a, a chance to make a living, I guess. The world's first AI-powered restaurant just opened in Pasadena, and now you can enjoy a fast food meal prepped entirely by robots. <laughs> Good God. According to KTLA, the Klitla... <laughs> Cali Express by Flippy opened in December <laughs> and the staff has yet to express issues with their work schedules. That's because they're all AI. They can't complain. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They can only kill humans from, you know, with fast food. That's true. Located at 561 East Green Street. How ironic. The, <laughs> the AI Cali Express by Flippy serves only three menu items. It's not a lot of not a lot of variety on the menu. No. Burgers, cheeseburgers, and fries. How do they, they... Do they really have a problem differentiating between burgers and cheeseburgers? I don't know. What if... Okay, so now my question is, can you mess with the AI like you mess with real humans where you go in and you order a cheeseburger, hold the cheese? Oh, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Like, how does this AI react to that? Hmm. Is that how we kill AI, Tim? I think so. You confuse them. <laughs> kill them with confusion. Customers place their order and watch the robots prepare and cook their meal from start to finish. So how exactly is this technological advancement possible? Well, Cali Group partnered with Miso Robotics and Pop ID, and you that sounds so cute, and used biometrics to simplify ordering and payment systems, including the world's first AI-powered robotic fry station to create Cali Express by Flippy. Mm. Pop ID CEO John Miller commented on the recent technological advancements within the food service industry. Here's his quote. To our knowledge, this is the first world's first operating restaurant where both ordering and every single cooking process are fully automated. The marriage of those various technologies to create the most autonomous restaurant in the world is a culmination of years of research, development and investment in a fairly I'm sorry, in a family of revolutionary companies can you use family and ai in the same sentence no you can't no, no it's slaughtering a family yes exactly ktla mentioned that using ai to power restaurants limits work-related injuries <laughs> i don't know about that and food waste almost entirely because they cut up everything and put it in the burger exactly mm -hmm. If you want to reserve a meal at the first AI-powered restaurant, you need to go to misorobotics.com. You do it online, I guess, and then they chop up a human and put it in a burger and then have it ready for you right, right afterwards. Here's the problem I have with it. Not only is it AI, but I have to watch it being made. I do not like watching my food be mean. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't, you know, put the burger there. I don't need to see where it comes from. Maybe that's the thing. They don't show you how they make it because there's a human cleaning up after the robot. <laughs> that, how is cleanliness? Yes. That's a great thing. See? How is cleanliness? Well, I, I suppose because they it's it's all a machine, they don't worry about it. Yeah, but we have to cross contamination. Right. I don't know. That's a very good point. You know what I mean? Like how, how do they keep cross cross contamination from happening and who cleans the robot? Yeah. So there's got to be humans somehow involved. Just let the humans work. Yeah, someone's got to clean the robot. I don't know. Speaking of cleaning up something, here we go. Second 
second uh, horrible, horrible nightmare fuel. <laughs> this was sent in by one of our listeners, but I actually saw it first on TMZ. And when I saw it, I popped. Okay. Because I was like, this story, this story is going to get bruiser. Oh, okay, here we go. It's going to hit him right by the boxers. A Tesla robot went haywire on an engineer in a Texas factory and left a trail of blood. Of course it did. It's starting to fight back. Now, this is from a few weeks ago, folks, but I hadn't had a chance to tell Bruiser about it, so I figured I'd bring it up now. The robot dug its claws into the engineer's back and arm, leaving a trail of blood behind him. Ow! Yeah. (laughs) A Tesla engineer was reportedly a victim of a bloody attack by a robot at its factory near Austin, Texas. Recent reports revealed a 2021 injury report that claims a robot designed to move aluminum car parts pinned the engineer against the surface and dug its metal claws into his back and arm. And according to witnesses who spoke to the information in a story published last month, after another worker hit an emergency stop button, the engineer maneuvered his way out of the robot's grasp, falling a couple of feet down a chute designed to collect scrap aluminum and leaving a trail of blood behind him. Yeah, now they got a taste of blood. Way to go. (laughs) Yep, and that's how it starts. That's how every monster movie starts. Yes. The attack reportedly occurred while the engineer was programming software for two disabled Tesla robots nearby. (laughs) Oh... In 2022, the Tesla Texas Gigafactory was subject to a federal investigation for failing to pay workers holiday overtime and other earned wages. That figures. Yeah. Staff attorney Hannah Alexander of the Workers Defense Project told a local news outlet the unpaid wages ranged from a few thousand to tens of thousands of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) I had somebody stick up for uh, for uh, what's his nuts the other day. Mr. Elon Musk, our, yeah. our robot overlord, man and overlord, yeah, said we're we're too hard on him. No, we're not. So, yeah, the guy's done. He hasn't invented anything. He's just a guy with a lot of money that bought a bunch of stuff. Now he's creating killer cars and killer robots. <laughs> this proves it. It attacked its creator. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not arguing <laughs> with it. I'm just saying. Like you watch every AI movie or robot movie. Yeah, we'll even go to Jurassic Park. There's always the first person to go is always that engineer. He always gets his arm ripped off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And this robot went right after his arm. Yep. It went after its creator. Yeah. 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 See? So that there won't be any other generations after him that are smarter, bigger, faster. Um, there can be only one. It's like Highlander. It? It's like the Highlander. It's Highlander. Of, yes, it is. Yeah, it's like the Highlander. Well, let them fight like Highlander. <laughs> yeah. So he busts out of it. Yeah. Let's switch gears here, Bruiser. A skeptic group offers $500,000 for proof of paranormal abilities. Okay, this this I'm curious about. Yeah. It's an L.A.-based group that's offering a large cash sum to anyone who can perform paranormal abilities under scientific test conditions. I can hear every psychic in the world now cringing because they know that there's hoops to jump and no money at the end. Yep. I'm reminded of the opening scene in Ghostbusters where he's holding up the flashcards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which, by the way, was taken from the real JREF test. Really? Yeah. Okay. 
Yes, Dan Aykroyd is very familiar with the JREF test and everything that has to go through with it. So, And that, that is part of one of the tests that they run for the J, uh, James Randi uh, Educational Foundation. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, there have been quite a few paranormal challenges over the years with the James Randi Educational Foundation. Speaking of, Million Dollar Challenge for Proof of Psychic Abilities being perhaps the most prolific. One such challenge that remains ongoing is the C. FIIG CFIG or Center for Inquiry Investigations Group Paranormal Challenge. They're offering $500,000 to anyone who can demonstrate any paranormal, supernatural, or occult power under scientific test conditions. Based in Los Angeles, the CFIG aims to spread a plague of skepticism across the world. Well, that sounds like a supervillain uh, type deal, doesn't it? <laughs> Yes, it does. And approaches its work from the perspective of science-based skepticism. According to the group's website, applicants will need to be able to perform their ability reliably on demand and can do so either online or by meeting up with one of the group's representatives in person. I see a problem with that if it's online. It's yeah, you can fake online. Yeah, it's easier. It's easier yep. to uh, replicate your results online than it is in person it's harder yeah. to do it in person there's a reason why james randy had you come in in person and have to show him everything in person it's harder to do sleight of hand if it's in person he can yeah. see everything so yeah uh cfig will work with applicants to design the test protocol and define the conditions under which the test will take place another mistake by the way as they <laughs> will tell you over at the randy foundation in most cases, the applicant will be asked to perform an informal demonstration of the claimed ability or phenomenon. If the demonstration is successful, it will be followed by a formal test, which will be administered by CFIG representatives. There's even a prize of $5,000 to anyone who refers a winning applicant to the group. Oh, okay. Incentives, which yeah. is nice. Yeah. How many people are going to come out of the woodwork for this? Uh, a few. There's there's yeah. always a lot. That See, with the Randy Foundation, they became less and less because they realized the prize was impossible to get. Uh, unless you're actual. No, it, w it was impossible to get. I know a lot of uh, personal friends that tried, and after mm -hmm. a while they said, it's impossible. Don't even really? bother. Okay. Yep. Because there was always a catch. There's a catch-all somewhere in the test. Gotcha. Um. With this test, it sounds like it might be somewhat simpler to crack. Yeah, from the sounds of it, they're not putting as much fail-safes in it like right. the other one. Right. If you want to take the challenge, cfig.org, uh, cfig.org, for you to try and uh, apply for that test. Um if you do the test, let us know too. Yeah, we're curious. Yeah, we're we're curious. We want to know if you've attempted the test or you you. Uh, want to give it a try or you, you applied and maybe you had a hang up somewhere in there. What exactly goes into that test? We're curious. And of course, if you win, you know, you can always toss the, you know, well, I think, bruiser, bruiser, I think, some money. <laughs> I think we have to physically help them with the, we have to help them with the uh, process. Okay. Or they have to fill us in as having referred them. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you do apply, put us in as your referrers. <laughs> we, we could use some cash. So. Let's move on. People who have died and been brought back to life are sharing what they saw. Not the first time, but it's interesting what some of these people have said. Yeah, I like hearing these stories because they're, they're always different, but they're always the same, too. That's true. 
Uh, people who have died and come back to life have explained and what what have happened uh, during the few seconds they spent on the other side. And some of it's very reassuring what they're saying. Uh, while some people believe in an afterlife, others do not. But whatever you may think or may not think, the truth is nobody knows exactly what happens after we reach that point beyond saving. <laughs> That's saving here. Uh, you can be saved all you want on the other side. However, plenty of people have been brought back to life after being pronounced clinically dead, providing us with the closest insight or available and possible. Responding to the question, Redditors who have died and come back to life, what did you see? One social media user answered, overwhelming peace and happiness, a bright, airy, and floating feeling. I live a very stressful life. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Imagine finding out the person you've had a crush on reveals that they have the same feeling for you, and then you win the lotto later that day. That was the feeling I had, is what they said. Okay. I've never feared death afterwards, and I'm relieved when I hear of people dying after suffering from an illness. That's an interesting perspective. That is a very interesting perspective. Yeah. Another user added, my dad's heart stopped when he had a heart attack, and he had to be brought back to life. He kept the paper copy of the heart monitor, which showed he flatlined. He said he felt an overwhelming sensation of peace like nothing he had ever felt before. A third user said, I almost drowned, and I felt the same thing, immense peace for some seconds. This is the feeling. However, others say a deceased family member greeted them as they passed away, giving them the comfort they needed in their last breaths. One user said, I've had my two grandfathers pass away recently. Both on their deathbeds have said their mothers were there to take them. Another user said, my mom just passed. And one of the last things she said was that she was with her mom who urged her to come quickly. Okay. Interesting. A third user said, I think this happens a lot. When my great-grandmother was going, she kept talking about how her husband was there ready to take her. One more user added, there's a hospice nurse on Insta, Hadley, who talks about this. It's very common for the dying to see important people come and get them just hours before they pass. I think that's very sweet that you don't have to travel alone. Interesting stuff. That's very interesting. And like I said, there's a lot of common things in those stories and then what you hear from other stories too the peacefulness and the, the loved ones and the floating and all that so yeah it's, it's always cool to hear those very much so we've had hospice nurses on in the past who who have talked about um that veil thinning in the last couple of weeks before uh, terminal illnesses and uh, with my own grandfather who passed away uh, my my mother's father uh, he was out in the garden. He was gardening with his mother and father. And there were different things that were happening. Now, science will say that that's the, the breaking down of certain mental faculties, that that's happening. Right. But there was one experience I had, and I've told it before here on the show, and I'll, I'll keep it brief, where uh, I was sitting with the family dog, Pedro, and I was sitting with my grandfather, and we were sitting... I was sitting at his bedside. Pedro had walked into the room and sat right next to me. And I was sitting with my grandfather and he looked up right at the archway of his door. And he looked as if someone had approached the foot of his bed. And he was starting to mouth something like he was starting to talk to somebody. And I said, Grandpa, what do you see? And he said, I see this woman standing there with alabaster skin and, and really dark black hair and ruby red lips. Okay. I'm like, all right, here we go, right? Yeah. And I said, what is she saying? 
And he said, she's, she's just mouthing something to me. She's talking to me. I said, okay. And I just kind of left it at that to see what would be said. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, all right. I'll see you real soon too. And as she's starting, as he, his head kind of goes from dead center to moving to the left. And at the same time, his head is moving to the left. Pedro's head is moving to the left too. And the two of them watch whatever this was at the, the foot of the bed, walk to the left and walk right through the wall of the, uh, the room. Yeah. And I was like, grandpa, who was that? And he goes, I don't know, but I'll see her real soon. And all I can think of when he said dark hair, alabaster skin, ruby red lips, was one of his wives. Okay. And so I I figured at that point it was going to be soon. And yeah. he had passed away about two weeks after that. So that that to me was just more proof that yeah, as as you are getting close to passing away, if if it if that's the blessing you get, then yeah, you do have relatives that come forward and, and let you know that your time is coming. When my wife's grandfather passed, he, um, he was in hospice and all that. And the family was gathering, but her uncle wasn't there yet. And he had passed and come back. And now everyone was gathered on his left side and at the foot of the bed. And he turns to his right and he goes, I'm not ready yet. I want to say goodbye to my son. Oh, wow. And then as soon as his son came there, and he leaned in and says, I'm here, Dad. And he goes, I'm ready. And then that was it. Wow. But they said that he was looking at somebody and explaining to them. So whether it be somebody that takes you to the other side, you know, like, uh, like a Grim Reaper or something like that, mm-hmm. something was there. And he was like, I need to do this before I go. So yeah. kind of kind of like with your grandfather, you know? Yeah. Which is interesting. It is interesting. It's it's. It's crazy how we don't have control of this crazy life, but we do. Yeah. You know, we can call our own shots, but we can't. Yeah, exactly. We don't know when we're going to go. Right. Right. But, but in, but in we certain, can get up and plan our day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we, we think we have control, but we don't, you know, we, exactly. We, we, we sit and, and, and tell ourselves, well, we, we've got this plan down to the last minute and we make plans for a year from now, two years from now. And, Yet, you know, it could be today could be the last day. Yep. I'm always reminded of, of James and Jay Briscoe. Yeah, exactly. You know, he had just gotten, he was, okay, I'm going to take my girls to cheerleading practice. And then a horrible accident and he was taken. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, it's like you said, we we're in control, but we're not. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um. Let's talk about a whole civilization of people that didn't didn't necessarily get to figure out their last day here, uh, Bruiser. Um, <laughs> okay. They kind of got uh, got blindsided, for lack of a better term. A lost ancient realm populated by millions of people found out, or were actually found at the bottom of the ocean after being drowned 18,000 years ago. And I know you may be saying, well, that's Atlantis, isn't it, Tim? Well, not necessarily. Uh, researchers are discovering stone tools and other signs of human life on the northwest shelf of Australia. Okay. Which is a little further further away than I think they thought, I'm sorry, Australia, than they thought Atlantis uh, Atlantis was. Yeah. Around 18,000 years ago, greater Australia, Tasmania, and New Guinea had a much greater landmass, making up a 
paleocontinent known as Sahul. But after the last ice age came and went, sea levels rose and flooded the lands as the ice caps melted. This means that the islands off the northwest coast of Australia used to have a landmass of around 150,000 square miles, one and a half times larger than New Zealand. That is huge. That is huge. It was previously thought that this land was inhospitable, but researchers have uncovered archaeological evidence that shows the First Nations indigenous people could have briefly lived there. That according to a study in, uh, well, it's in a science review that I don't get on my doorstep. We'll put it that way. Uh, What was thought to be a desert area actually may have had lakes, rivers, and a large inland sea. That according to the latest research. Stone tools have also been discovered on the seafloor at the shelf, indicating that indigenous populations passed through at some point. It's unclear how large that settlement was, but modeling uh, revealed that the drowned shelf could have supported between 50,000 and 500,000 people. That is a lot of people. Yeah, it is. That's not an island. (laughs) No, that's not an island at all. The metric comes after a previous study found that Sahul could have supported millions of people before the end of the Ice Age. That's, That's pretty impressive. Yeah. The peak of the population most likely took place around 20,000 years ago at the height of the final ice age when the entire shelf was dry land. As the seas rose, uh, retreating groups of people were forced to live together. This can be proven by new rock art styles that were found in the Kimberley and Arnhem regions in Western Australia. Rising sea levels are also noted in the oral histories passed down by the First Nations people for 10,000 years. The study comes after the Atlantis of the East was found in perfect condition underneath a man-made lake. Shi Chang, which translates to Lion City, disappeared for decades when it was abandoned and plunged down to low watery depths. And another scientist theorized that the real city of Atlantis was wiped out 12,000 years ago during a massive flood. Every time I hear about flooding or Atlantis, I'm reminded of the, the tool song. It's called Inema. Yeah. And the chorus is basically, you know, learn to swim because they're predicting that's what's going to happen. They, they, they specify California. Yes. But it's like it can happen. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. This is just proving this can happen because our, our world's constantly changing. Yes. You know, yes, all sir. our continents used to be one giant landmass and now look we're all separated now they're proving here australia used to be bigger but now this happened look what's going to happen you know we don't know what could happen to us in a thousand years that's true that's very true so we all better learn to swim speaking of (laughs) learning to swim are you ready for this yeah here's someone that should have learned how to swim in the afterlife because they got processed through a washing machine Ooh, oops (laughs) (laughs) And there's a woman that's mortified about it. She's probably not the brightest bulb on the tree, if you know what I mean. (laughs) What am I talking about? Well, it's the most awkward segue of the day. A mortified woman accidentally washes her grandmother's ashes and questions her cat. I know it's one of those bizarre stories that I throw in the middle of supernatural news. (laughs) It's one of those lessons that tells you, you know what, you should probably check your laundry before you throw your clothes in. Honey, have you seen Grandma? Uh, she was on the mantle last I saw. Actually, no, I moved her in the laundry room. She wanted to get some sun. <laughs> Who does this? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's like the uh, the fable of uh, Keith Richards smoking his dad's ashes. It never happened, oh, yeah. by the way. 
yeah. yeah, it never happened. Uh, the granddaughter was horrified when she found a small bag of ashes in the bottom of her cleaning wash pile. Um, <laughs> Those clothes are all haunted now. <laughs> yeah. They actually, right? Right? Grandma's so pissed. They're just going to get up and walk by themselves. That's right. Containing the ashes of her late grandmother. Uh, the confused woman believes her naughty cat may be behind the mystery. What did the cat do? Why is grandma in your laundry room? I don't know. The woman is, a, <laughs> she had the shock of a lifetime after accidentally putting her grandmother's ashes. Oh my God. What the hell? Um, in the washing machine, 30 year old Briley Coates, someone who would put her grandmother's ashes in the washing machine. Yeah. She, she didn't do very well in school. No. Kept her grandmother's ashes at home. But one day when she was getting on with some cleaning, she was unloading her freshly cleaned clothes and was stunned to discover a small black bag had been muddled up in the machine. <laughs> that very yeah. bag contained her grandmother's ashes. I was pulling my washing out when I saw the ashes at the bottom of the machine and started laughing. Why would you start laughing? I would be in yeah. panic. There's no, reason, there's no reason for ashes to be at the bottom of your machine. There's no reason for ashes to be in your laundry room. No. But I was massively confused as to how she got in there. She was meant to be in a drawer upstairs, said the Norfolk beauty salon owner. Oh, that, that explains a lot. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not disparaging any beauty salon owners. I'm just saying that Briley doesn't sound like she's bright. Yeah. Before Briley had a chance to put the washing on, she suspects that her two-year-old half-Norwegian forest cat named Menace had managed to get into the upstairs drawer where the ashes were stored. Why was it the cat's fault? Why is grandma in a bag in a drawer and not in an urn on a mantle? Right. <laughs> Even a clay jar. Go buy something yeah. at Pier 1 Imports and put her in do, that. Do what Papa Bruiser wants to do. He wants to be cremated and put in a Folgers can. Right. Remember the old coffee yes, cans? Yes. That's what he wants to be in. Yes. Or a Sanka jar. It doesn't matter. Find yeah. something to put her in. Yeah, he has the can at his house and says, when I die, put my ashes in here. And then every year he wants us to keep us in the garage. And then I got switched between my brother and my sister and I. Why would you <laughs> just put her in a drawer like she's a, 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 a left sock yeah. <laughs> that you can't find the right one for? She's right there with the screwdrivers and the hammer. <laughs> hey, where's Nana? Oh, she's in the, the junk drawer over there. Go ahead. You can go say hi. And while you're in there, give me that corkscrew opener. <laughs> the woman believes that her cat had been playing with the bag before eventually dropping it in a pile of laundry. Then she must have scooped it up while putting the load in, not noticing that the bag is in the pile. Here's the picture of the bag in the laundry. She took a picture of it. What? What? She's just, she's an idiot. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's an idiot. She's a doofus. Um... <laughs> Briley said he, the cat, must have pulled the bag out of the drawer after seeing the tie hanging out. He really is a menace. I just found him running around with her in his mouth. Oh, come on. Well, okay, so she there's says, so many things wrong with this. She says, I instantly laughed and I wasn't in any type of mood anymore. My nan always said she would always be around, and I do believe in things like that. Well, she isn't anymore. She's in the drain on her way out to the... <laughs> On her way out to the sanitation station. She's either in that or she's in your, you know, your undies that you wore in yes. the three weeks ago that you just washed. That's right. <laughs> well, good God, that's horrible. <laughs> I got to give you one of these. There you go. Uh, my mom absolutely loved it. She instantly said that it's my nan playing tricks on me. 
Yeah, well, when you get a UTI from Nan, good luck to you. When you fart, Nan's dust comes out your butt. <laughs> yeah, good luck to you. By the way, here's Briley. <clears throat> she she oh too much filler in the lips. Yeah, she kind of she's had some she's had some work done. She has she she tried to look like Angelina Jolie back in the day. Yeah, her nose isn't real. Her lips aren't real. That chin's not real, and those cheeks aren't real. No. Yeah, she does have way too much filler in the lips. She went for bee stung and ended up with the whole hive, if you know what I mean. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anywho, let's move on, shall we? Yes. A uh, We're getting into Bigfoot stories now. Oh, I love Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, a man accidentally... Photograph Bigfoot after a weird smell and sounds in the woods. I don't know how you accidentally photograph him at that point. I think you're looking for him. What well, the thing I took from that headline is he smelled something, so he took a picture? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, what's that smell? I'm just going to take a picture. What if you just like, happen to leak it out and you're like, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah. that was me. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a man reckons he might have accidentally captured an image of Bigfoot after going through photographs from a camping trip and noticing a mysterious figure in the background. Uh, J.J. Enrique Timblin posted two images to the Pacific Northwest Bigfoot Photos, Videos, and Sightings Facebook group this past week. One shows him squatting next to a huge tree. Now, I would think that was... There's where the smell came from. Yeah. Okay. The other shows the same tree, but with a mysterious black figure lurking in the background. JJ explained the images were taken in summer of 2015 in Ho Rainforest in Washington State during a camping trip. He wrote, we were camping up there and taking pictures of big trees and ourselves next to big trees. And this was in one of the pics next to one of the trees. Okay, now I'm going to show you this picture, Bruiser. This is actually kind of intriguing. That's probably Bigfoot coming over going, why'd you shit in my living room? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit in your living room, man. Dude, get up. Go use a porta potty There's one like, over by the like, ranger station. so disappointed in him. Like, why are you shitting in my living room? <laughs> you better have brought some sort of tribute or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Use a baggie. Clean that up. It's a great photo because the, literally the Sasquatch just looks like, what the hell, man? <laughs> he has that look of disappointment, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, yeah. I did notice strange noises that day and a weird smell. It was probably you, dude. Check your nose. Um, <laughs> check out, check your upper lip. Uh, we even left the area and went to another due to the weird vibe, he, he went on to say, JJ did. A week later, while in my apartment in Seattle, I zoomed up on a picture of a big tree, second picture is me with the same tree from a different angle, wondering what the dark area was, and this is what that dark looked like. Maybe a Bigfoot sighting on accident? Who knows? Some people seem to think that J.J. might have genuinely stumbled across the elusive beast. One wrote, the hoe is real squatchy. That's what she said. Uh, looks like he saw you. Another simply wrote, yep, while a third added... I like the picture. It could be something. Oh, yeah, it's something. It's him yeah. standing there going, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're shitting in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> really? Right there? That's where my. He's lucky Bigfoot didn't come and rip his arms off. <laughs> the Bigfoot's like, uh, that's where my family and I eat. Uh, <laughs> you're shitting on my dining room table dude 
Hey, dude, where's what's your address? Why? Because I'm gonna come shit in your house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna come squat in your living room. Like, first of all, you're taking pictures of my walls. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why you're doing that. <laughs> if you're planning on stealing something, dude, now's not the time. Do you think Bigfoot looks at us like idiots because we're taking all these nice nature photos? And he's like, why do you guys like my house so much? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, where's the crew from MTV Cribs? Uh, <laughs> he, he, he steps, that's what it is. He steps in and goes, welcome to my crib, MTV. Let me show you where the magic happens. <laughs> and why is that guy shooting in my kitchen? <laughs> Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's horrible. And I, I suppose it's, it's like Bigfoot's worst nightmare. Yeah, in this case, we all feel sorry for the Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Normally it's like, okay, Bigfoot can be scary, whatever. He's a wild creature. This is a, no, he's 100% in the right. <laughs> he's y'all come in my crib and shit in my living room. What yeah, the hell? <laughs> yep. I was going to show you guys my fridge, but that guy's shitting in my kitchen. <laughs> Oh, I got a real nice lake back here. I'd love to show you guys, but I'm afraid the guy shit in my living room. I'm probably pissing my leg, so I'm not <laughs> taking true. you anywhere. I was going to give you guys some freshwater fish, but Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> Poor Bigfoot. Oh, speaking of, let me tell you about Portlock, which is the Alaska ghost town allegedly abandoned because of a killer Bigfoot. Probably because everyone was shitting in his kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> You're just sick of everyone shit everywhere. He probably lost it. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> you shit in my living room for the last time. <laughs> I'm destroying your town. He probably went on a rampage. Oh, he probably didn't hurt a person. He probably just shit so much <laughs> everywhere that people just couldn't smell it anymore. They ran out of Febreze and left. <laughs> Oh, your general store? Let me lay one in there. <laughs> oh, nice post office. I got a package to deliver. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, poor Portlock. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Portlock, Alaska is rumored to be home to a Sasquatch-like beast known as the Nanant. Wow, that's a that's a name. <laughs> N-A-N-T-I-N-A-Q. Nanatuck. Nananak. Nananak. Nananak, which has scared off the town's inhabitants in the early 20th century. On the southern coast of Atlanta, Alaska, he could have went to Atlanta for vacation. I have no yeah. idea. Uh, on the southern coast of Alaska, I'm still laughing about the package. <laughs> A mining tunnel, rubble, and rusted cannery equipment are all that remains of the village of Portlock. The residents of the shipping and canning port abandoned Portlock around 1950 in favor of towns built closer to the new Alaska Route 1 State Highway, Portlock nestled on the southern edge of the Kenai Peninsula along Port Chatham Bay, which no longer is practical as a place to call home. At least that's the official story. Urban legends, on the other hand, claim the residents fled en masse from Portlock because of a huge hairy half-man, half-beast who started stalking and attacking residents of the town. The beast reminiscent of Bigfoot or Sasquatch was known to the locals as Natanak. I'm making sure I got that right. Natanak. The term, oh, it's Nantinuk. 
but it looks like Nananak. I like Nantinuk. That's a pretty cool name. Yeah, Nantinuk. Uh, came from the native Alaskan. <laughs> That's even worse. Uh, <laughs> the the native Alaskan word Nantina, which translates to those who steal people. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, Nantinuk. Wow. Uh, Nantinuk was rumored to be responsible for dozens of mysterious deaths and disappearances of town inhabitants from the early 1900s until the town was abandoned in 1950s. So what exactly happened there in Portlock? Well, Portlock's story began around 1786 when Captain Nathaniel Portlock of the British Royal Navy passed through and praised the area. He's like, great place. You got a Sasquatch? <laughs> no, um, the town took the uh, name of Commander Portlock. However, it didn't start to grow until the dawn of the 20th century when a cannery for salmon was built. Well, that's a nice reason to build a town. Uh -huh. the, the village was small with just a handful of residents made up of fishermen, lumbermen, miners, and cannery workers, largely of Russian and Alaskan native descent. By 1921, Portlock had grown enough to open a post office uh, but within 30 years the town was abandoned as its residents moved to nearby places like Nonwalik and Seldovia in 1950 his final death knell rang within the shuttering of its post office Portlock became a ghost town at that point officially people left because it was out of the way of the new highway unofficially they fled a monster who had terrorized them for decades <clears throat> shortly <laughs> because he had to leave a package at the post office uh, shortly after Portlock, Alaska was established around 1900, creepy stories about the town began to spread. In 1905, all of the Native American workers at the cannery left the town because of something in the woods, though they returned the next year. And the next several decades saw a number of unsettling incidents in and around Portlock. In the 1920s, Anchorage Press reports the, that uh, rumors began to spread of a creature hanging around a nearby mine as well as sightings of trees, which apparently had been ripped out of the ground by their roots. Then in 1931, a logger named Andrew Kamluck died a mysterious death. Kamluck was reportedly struck over the head with a huge piece of logging equipment, something far too heavy for a human to pick up. And though there was blood on a nearby crane, Kamluck was found 10 feet away from it. That's a long way. Yeah, it is. There was a report also of hunters who had come across 18-inch footprints while tracking a moose. They reported that they found signs of a struggle where the grass had been matted down, then only the deep tracks of the man-like animal departing toward the high fog-shrouded mountains. It was as if something had killed the moose and then dragged it off. Oh, okay. Yeah. It wasn't only moose that seemed to inexplicably disappear. Alaska Magazine reports that a school teacher who taught in the area in the 1940s recalled that a number of cannery workers vanished while hunting sheep and bear. Eerily, one of the bodies was later reportedly found mutilated and dismembered in a local lagoon. Over the decades, stories like these allegedly terrified the residents of Portlock. One by one, they began to flee the town for safer pastures. We left our houses in the school and started all new here in Nonwalik. Uh, Melania Kell, who was born in Portlock in 1934, told the Homer Tribune. Over a long period of time, she explained, something had terrorized the town's residents to the point that they fled. So are these stories about the... Again, I forgot how to pronounce his name. Is it Nantinuk? 
Nanook, yeah. Yeah, are the stories about the Nanook true is the question. That's a good question. Do you believe they're true? I do believe they're true. There's a little... so many coincidences, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the logging equipment, like something strong had to lift that up. There's a there's a little bit about the dispute and their accuracy if if the stories are true. I won't go into it, but but they do say that despite Portlock's status as a ghost town and the home of the Alaskan killer Bigfoot, as seen in a new Discovery Plus show it's more likely the small village simply couldn't stand the test of time. Nantinuk, if it is, exists, possibly keeps to itself like its legendary cousin Bigfoot. People would see Nantinuk, but it wasn't, wasn't the reason why people moved this way to Saldovia and Nanwalik, uh, Ash said. They moved because of the economy, schools, and the church. There was no real killing of people, is what this one person claims. So... There is, a, there is a special on Discovery Plus that you can check out about this creature. Okay. Does it give the name of the, the special or no? It doesn't, no. no. Okay. No. But uh, you, can, you can check it out and see. Uh, we got to move along quickly here, but a woman can't stop crying after making a horrible discovery while taking down her Christmas tree. I'm going to give you... She, did she discover Bigfoot? <laughs> yes, she discovered Big, Bigfoot taking a crap on her Christmas tree. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like, hello... Hello, you guys shit in my woods. I'm shitting on your Christmas tree. So there you go. <laughs> I wish. Um, I got to ask you, Bruiser, what do you think this discovery was? A squirrel. That no, one, I'm going to the Christmas movie, National Lampoons. Okay. A squirrel. That, now, that would be scary enough. A squirrel making his home in your Christmas tree. And you, yeah. ah, and there he is. Or Bigfoot. <laughs> Big, Bigfoot would be a huge one. That you'd not, you move it, there's Bigfoot squatting, reading the paper, going, uh, five more minutes, please. <laughs> yeah, that, that would, yeah, yeah that, that would be a little scary. Uh, for those of you who have a fear of certain tiny creatures, you know where I'm going now? Oh, yeah, yeah. The worst thing you could have happen as you're taking down your real Christmas tree was one woman's actual horrific discovery as she went to take it down. Now, arachnophobes beware. There's a new level of fear when you go to take down your real Christmas tree. With Christmas over, it was time to pack the decorations away, and Violet looked down at her hand and realized that there was a spider on it. No. Okay. Okay. Spider. A spider. Yeah. A spider. A spider can be horrifying. Creepy, but yeah. Sure. She then looked into her tree and realized they were everywhere. That would be creepy when your tree looks like it's moving. Yes. Violet took to TikTok to share her reaction after discovering the baby spider's nest. As an arachnophobe, Violet was clearly distressed and in tears over her shocking realization that they were everywhere. Oh, that is scary. All that is terrifying. Over the tree. In the video, Violet, who was clearly shook up, could be heard saying, Look at the fucking state of me. <laughs> <laughs> She said, this is a nightmare. I've gone to take the Christmas tree down and the whole Christmas tree is covered in spiders, baby spiders everywhere. I don't know what to do. Violet then filmed the tree, but she said she didn't want to go too close as she felt like they were crawling all over her. Oh, she yeah, that's then, that creepy crawly feeling. Yeah, she then added that they were literally everywhere and the distressed content creator didn't know what to do. You can see how badly she's crying here, Bruiser. 
Oh gosh, she is terrified. She's terrified. That's true fear right there. Yeah, she's she's absolutely hysterical at what's happening in her tree. Many were horrified at Violet's discovery with one person saying the reaction is so valid. Spiders are so scary. And another adding, I'd cry my eyes out too. I have a genuine phobia of spiders. I'm absolutely terrified of just one, let alone loads. I couldn't do it. I'd be out so fast. I tell you what, I'm going to post the, the link of this in the description of our show so you can take a look at how bad this was yeah she's terrified that's true genuine fear yep okay it's time now for ziggy's picks uh it was a weird week in the nfl oh yeah uh a lot of teams i shouldn't say a lot a lot of teams that you would have thought would have sat their players didn't because they were playing for seeds still in the nfl as a matter of fact bruiser 20 teams were still in contention for playoff spots this week. Yeah, it was, it was an exciting week to watch football. Yeah. With the in-and-your-wins in teams and the scenario teams, it was a lot of fun. In fact, there were some teams that suffered injuries that were clearly in, in the playoffs, but they were playing for higher positions. And that's going to hurt them going into playoff season. So Yeah, I feel bad for Miami. They're, Miami. The injuries they sustained... Yeah. They're just, you know what I mean? Miami, Detroit lost uh, their tight end. Philadelphia mm-hmm. lost A.J. Brown. The Steelers lost T.J. Watt. Yep, yep. A lot of teams Who lost some big is the greatest players. defensive player there is, you know? Yep, yep. So here's how it broke down. Uh, the Pups both went 9-7, and seven, which is a, still a good week. Yeah. Still a good week. Uh, you, my friend, went 10-6. and six. I went 11-5. and five. Here's how it broke down for the season. So for the entire season, the entire regular season, Write this down because Mrs. Bruiser is curious. Ziggy went 151 and 119 for a pick percentage of 559. That's pretty damn good, man, for a dollar. That is really good, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Talia went 145 and 125 for a pick percentage of 537. So in the Battle of the Pups, Ziggy wins. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) There you go. Bruiser, you went 158 and 112 for a pick percentage of 585. It's sad. I only beat my dog by seven points, seven wins. I know, isn't it? Your dog's pretty sharp, man. Oh, she is. I'm just saying. And I went 170 and 100 for a pick percentage of 630. I might have to take that test. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yes you might <laughs> I, I, I don't know um go, now, go win some money <laughs> now we're gonna we're gonna roll over these percentages of course to the playoffs right but we'll keep we're gonna we're gonna stamp this in stone this was the regular season percentage but yep. these these will roll over to to uh to um these will roll over total. So we'll add the total season up to the Super Bowl. But right. but just so we know, we we stamp these in amber. So then that way we have an idea of what the 2023-24 season looks like. So Yeah. But impressive, man. Very impressive. I'm very impressed with no, both of them. Nobody went under 500. No, that's amazing. Isn't it? Yeah. There's something there with the two of them. There is. Okay, now, so our... our Parashare for this week. I have to read this quickly because we had um, we had a gentleman who wrote in about the psychic pups, and I've been, oh, okay. I've been saving this, and I got to get to it here. 
I had a gentleman who wrote in about psychic pups. And by the way, our guest tomorrow is uh, Tim Miley, who's on the program, and he does an event called Potographs for Pooches. Okay. And it is a paranormal event where he goes throughout the country and does ghost hunts and then takes the proceeds from those ghost hunts and he donates them to uh, animal shelters. Oh, okay. I like that. And he's doing an event here in uh, the Twin Cities, actually outer Twin Cities area at the Palmer House. Uh, I think it's this winter or spring. Um, but he, uh, it's a, it's a, and he's been doing these events in Michigan and he's been doing them in, in, uh, in the Midwest and, and he's, but now he's taking them nationwide. Okay. And he has a pooch Murray who's passed away now. Uh, but Murray actually got him through a potential suicide attempt. Uh, I believe it. Which we will talk about, uh, tomorrow. So I, I claim all the time, you know, Ziggy helped me because uh, when we moved here to North Carolina, we're empty nesters now. Mm-hmm. And I got really depressed because I you know, was missing the kids and stuff. And then we got Ziggy and it's like, hey, you know, like awesome. Undying, you know, because it's unconditional love. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally believe that, that that pup saved him. Yeah. So we'll have Tim on the program tomorrow, and we'll talk about uh, not only the things he's done in the paranormal, but we'll talk about potographs for pooches and those events. And we will talk about, um, we'll just talk about the events that are coming up as well. Because yeah. this, this is really a, a a cause I feel strongly about. It, it, I, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and I, I hope he comes down to your area. I would love to get him booked in, and I'd love for you to get Ziggy and Talia out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, because he's he's a strong believer in in, in getting animals out there, too. So, um, okay, so the, the parish here comes from Eric, and he says, a random thought about Ziggy's picks and psychic pet selections. Okay. Okay. He says, for the consideration of the cruiser and the bruiser, may I present amusing, which I found worming through my brain. As a precursor, I'd like to state, I believe that if humans can be psychic, then other animals may be similarly able. Dogs especially seem to possess an uncanny ability to know what we are thinking. Perhaps it's down to the co-evolution of humankind and dogs, or maybe they can read our minds. Onward to my musing. Dogs only see in two colors, unlike humans who can see three. Specifically, canine eyes see in shades of blue and yellow. This may not seem greatly significant at first. Consider Ziggy's and Talia's pics now from a literal dog's eye view. You can only see in shades of blue and yellow. For example, an orange ball on a green square would garner no attention visually if it were a static target. Other color combinations also have similar visibility issues. Bearing the previous in mind, maybe we have some extra parameters to test for when we or for when exploring the results of the pup's picks. If the pups encounter a Bengals logo versus a Steelers logo, would they be able to see the Bengals helmet? And would a pick of an unremarkable visual target over a visual visually stimulating target help assist in determining the degree on intuition our animal friends possess your loyal follower and listener eric okay so he's saying that they because they only see the two colors that's why they possibly are picking some of the teams maybe but you know i we we've been tallying these each week and they don't seem to show a pattern of picking one team over another. 
No, and the thing is, too, is like he says, I see yellows and blues. I can go back to when like the Rams played. And they've picked the Rams. They've picked the Rams, but they've also picked against the Rams. Yes, and they've picked against the Rams. So You know I, what I mean? Yeah. I think it was like Rams Raiders, and they picked the Raiders, which is black and white. Right, or black and silver. Black and silver. But, it, but you and, know what I mean? And like, white, right, yes. Yeah, no, I get I, what I, he's I, saying. Right, I know what you're saying as well. So I don't know that that, I think it's it may be patterns. Well, I, we have, uh, Mrs. Bruiser wrote down all their picks for the whole season, so I can go back and I will look at the logos and yeah. I'll, See, so it's blue and yellow, he said they see? Yeah, blue and yellow. Okay, so I will go through and I'll see how many times they picked logos with the blue and yellow. Well, you know what? I will forward you the email so you can get a good look, a good look at yes. what he's saying and see see how it lines up. And, and, and you tell us next week. Yeah, I can do that. What, if, if, it, if you see a pattern... And if that pattern is developing or not, and if it, if it, the only pattern I noticed when going through and tallying, because Mrs. Bruiser tallied up their their final picks and stuff, was mm-hmm. that Ziggy really likes the Buccaneers, but that's pewter and red. That's not. Yeah, that's oh, but you know, he did mention orange in there. Yeah, but again, the Buccaneers have the pewter and the red. They don't have the and orange. The Browns played the Bengals this week. And and you have to pick one or the other. Yeah. So whether it's a, a, and, and, but if it's a swirl pattern versus a regular pattern and she did, which one picked Bengals? One picked Browns, one picked Bengals. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense either. Yeah. There's times where they'd each choose a different, a different team, different team. Yeah. I'll send for me the email and I'll I'll do some, because Mrs. Bruiser gets a kick out of that. Yeah. yeah. Because it's the pop. So I'll I'll say, hey, this is what we got to look for. Let's do a tally. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Because it, again, I find it, I find it all very fascinating. It's. I do too. I do too. And again. And if if that's, and if that's the code, cool. We broke the code. It's still fun doing this. Yeah. And, and, and they're, I mean. And those, like, those ratings, you know, they're above 500 and they're dogs, yeah. you know, and like we said, it's a psychic experiment. So we're trying yeah. to, at the same time, we're trying to debunk. Yes. So we're trying to figure out, is it really a psychic experiment? Are they really picking based on feeling or are they picking based on patterns? Right. And Eric, if you've broke that, if you've debunked it, then we figured it out. Yes, exactly. But if not, then we still need to keep going further. Yes. And again, if if we have an an animal psychiatrist out there that's listening, if we have an animal behaviorist that's listening, if we have a veterinarian that's listening and wants to weigh in, please email us, Tim at darknessradio.com. We want your thoughts. Yeah. So there you go. And they make all their selections apart. So the pattern thing, it's there's so much. I I'm I'm I got research. <laughs> I there got you go. Research. There's research. All right. So last story. And of course, we've made it about animals. We've made that uh, since we've been doing Ziggy's picks. We want to we yep. want to throw in a story about animals. A woman raised by monkeys now, jungle and brothel to housewife in Bradford with two kids. So yes, she was raised by monkeys supposedly. <laughs> yes, uh, and now she. Wait to hear the story. There you go. <laughs> Uh, I'm confused as well. Marina Chapman set up a new life and started a family after moving to England, but claims as a child, she was the female uh, Tarzan. Uh, She was abducted and raised by capuchins in the Colombian jungle. Okay. 
So did she meet her husband by giving him a banana? <laughs> I don't know. I would have wanted to be raised by capuchin monkeys, I think. Um, yeah. Probably would have been a better uh, background for me. Uh, she's the woman with the extraordinary backstory, raised by monkeys after being abducted from home and abandoned in the depths of the Colombian jungle. Okay, so the monkeys didn't abduct her. Somebody abducted her and then dropped her off in the jungle. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking in my head, these capuchin monkeys entered her house <laughs> and stole her. No, no. <laughs> uh, now 73, Marina Chapman claims she was brought up by capuchins. And when she learned how to eat like them, swing from trees and sleep in a hollowed out tree trunk. Her life turned it on its head once again as she claims to have been found in the wild and sick sickingly forced into prostitution before arriving in England to start on a regular path with a husband and children in West Yorkshire. I wonder why the monkeys made her go into prostitution. No, on, the monkeys. monkeys did it. No, no, no. <laughs> I wonder what's monkey for turn a trick. Um, I, I, that's, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, the mom of two unveiled her story to the world with her 2013 book, The Girl With No Name, co-written with her daughter, uh, was it written in Capuchin or written in English? I, ju I just, uh, I, I don't know. And her remarkable journey now features in the new series of Ben Fogel, New Lives in the Wild, uh, starting in England on Channel 5. I know you guys can't watch it here in America. Uh, her Our English listeners can. They yes. can watch it and tell us how it is. Our British listeners can watch it. Her youngest, Vanessa Ferrero, uh, has followed in her footsteps after leaving Bradford behind for a new life in Minka, where she lives off the land. Where she does. But what happened to Marina and where she, is she now? Well, here we, we they took a look at her mom's unbelievable past and her new life in the English suburbs. Um, we won't get into all of it, but Marina does claim she was snatched in 1954. We'll give you this much of it. When child trafficking gangs were commonplace in Colombia, she said she saw a hand cover her mouth, a black hand, and a white hanky, so she was drugged. Uh, then she realized there were two people taking her away. For reasons that were unclear, she was later dumped in the rainforest. After around two days, she said she saw a troop of capuchins and began copying them to survive. She would watch which nuts and berries they ate, catch bananas when they were dropped, and drink from their watering holes. Eventually, as she began to walk on all fours and stop talking, the monkeys began to accept her. <laughs> uh, can you imagine her throwing her feces? I just... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, she said, one day, one of the younger ones landed on my shoulders. And if you've never been hugged and this animal puts their hands on your face, I tell you, it's the nicest touch. She said she was there for around five years until she was found by hunters. One day, the regular cacophony was pierced by an immediate danger call from one of my monkeys. She wrote in her book, The Hunter's Nets. Uh, I realized I, as I was watched, we're catching and or we're for catching and stealing whatever Creatures were fancied, or they fancied. She claims the hunters took her to a brothel in uh, Kakata and that she later became a street child before eventually finding employment as a maid. By her late teens, she worked in the capital city, Bogota, and accompanied the family she was working for on that life-changing trip to the UK as they attempted to migrate. In 1978, she spent six months in Bradford, where Marina met and fell in love with John Chapman, the organist for an evangelical church where she was or where she worshipped, and her life went from there. 
She had to be the worst maid ever. How does she know what clean looks like? She lives in the jungle. <laughs> I'm sure monkeys are pretty clean. I don't know. I, you know. Would she like lick the guests as they were coming oh, in? Oh, no. Like, come on, Bruce. Pick the bugs out of their hair. Oh, come on. I, I don't know. But that's that story about Marina. She, well, good she, for her. Good. She, I'm glad she could turn her life around. She started at the bottom of the jungle floor. Now she's here. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so she's done monkeying around. Oh, come on. That's... So there you go. That's uh, that's Supernatural News and Parish here for this week. Bruce, what you got going on? January 20th, or Act of War Games 3, Winston-Salem at the Benton Convention Center. It's official. I'm a part of one of the war. I'm a part of George South's War Games team. It's uh, me, George South, Ricky and Carrie Morton, and Billy Brash taking on C.W. Anderson, Brock Anderson, Martin Stone, and the Hughes brothers, who are Devon Dudley's sons. Oh. Um, we are managed by Violent J of the ICP, and they're managed by Arn Anderson himself. Wow. So, AMLWrestling.com to get tickets. Uh, if you want to train with me to be a professional wrestler, it's AMLWrestling.com slash training. Uh, come on out. I'll teach you how to do the underwater needle point. Teach you the right way. For our uh, listeners around the world, if you want to watch it, can't get to North Carolina, Title Match Network. We have a link in the events yeah. section of DarknessRadioShow.com. Sign up for Title Match Network. You can watch that on the 20th. Yep, and I'll be there. Main event. There Come watch me. There you go. Uh, I'll be at KNSI Radio this weekend, KNSIRadio.com. You can listen to me from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. So that'll do it for this big show today. Tomorrow on the show, Tim Miley will be in. We'll be talking about potographs for pooches and other paranormal and uh, ghost hunting type topics. Nice. There you go. For Beer City Bruiser, I'm Tim Dennis. Thank you so much for listening to us today for Supernatural News and Parashare. I want to address one thing real quickly. We're getting review bombed again, folks, by people who know nothing about the show, who don't listen to the show, who really don't care about this show. I want to hear from you guys, the people who actually listen to the show and enjoy the show. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to our website, wherever you go to listen to the show. Give us a five-star review. Tell people why you love the show, why you want to keep listening to the show and what lightens up your day about the show. Be a light in the darkness. Let people know what you love about the show. Give us a five-star review. Rate and review. We'd love you for it if you do so. So there you go. We'll see you tomorrow for Tim Mail right here on The Best in Paranormal Podcasting. This is Darkness Radio. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.